Welcome to the Kelly Patrick Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. In today's episode, we are joined by Rob Smith. Rob is from Louisville, Kentucky. He wrestled in high school here in the city and then went on to wrestle for, or was on the wrestling team at least, for three total different colleges before pursuing an amateur and then professional MMA career. Um, Rob is currently, as he says in the episode, I believe he's a, uh, a referee for high school wrestling all across the state of Kentucky, so he's still involved um, in the, the wrestling game. Really appreciate Rob coming on the show today. If you're a fan of the Kelly Patrick Show, even if this is the first episode you have ever heard, I ask that you please send me some referrals. I'm a health insurance agent. Uh, my ideal referral person I work with most is someone going on to Medicare. That means they're 63, 64 years old. They'll be 65 soon. That's my ideal person to talk to. I can help anyone on Medicare, uh, even if it's just giving them advice, but that would be the best way you can support the show. The details for the sponsors of the Kelly Patrick Show are as follows. The title sponsor of the show is Louisville Combat Academy, located at 7908 Beulah Church Road, Louisville, Kentucky, 40228. They have a great MMA program, but also, even if you aren't planning on fighting in the cage, they have a great jiu-jitsu program for adults, female-friendly classes, and a great kids program also. Check out Louisville Combat Academy. Heidi Solars Coots. Heidi is a licensed clinical social worker and licensed clinical alcohol and drug counselor, specializing in treating anxiety, depression, trauma, and addiction with a mindful and holistic approach. Heidi is actually my mother, and I can attest she is a saint. Call her at 502-457-1823. Virtual and telephonic appointments are available anywhere in the United States. Veercast Digital Media. Veercast Digital Media at veercast.com. Matt McCarthy runs Veercast, and he is also the producer for The Kelly Patrick Show. They do video production, aerial drone photography, web design, and podcast production. Contact them at info at veercast.com to start your own video show or podcast. Also, my health insurance practice, Benefits Analysis Corporation. Based in Troy, Ohio, I work from my Louisville, Kentucky office. I can help anyone in the United States with their health insurance needs. I'm an independent broker for health insurance solutions for individuals, families, Medicare eligible individuals, and also groups. I can also write life insurance, and long-term care. If you want to support the podcast, please send me some referrals. 502-386-0978. Welcome to the Kelly Patrick Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. In today's episode, I am joined by Rob Smith. Rob, how are you today? Doing great. Appreciate you coming on. Um, I came on to the combat sports scene in Kentucky in 2013. And what I mean by that is I was started hosting a local sports radio show, started interviewing MMA fighters. I remember I interviewed Nathan Pierce, Josh Blanchard early, um, some of the, the people who were fighters. And I started to know a little bit about the scene. I signed my kids up to train jujitsu in 2014. I started training in 2016. I tried to learn a little boxing starting like 2017 or 18. Now, so I train now, but I'm still relatively very new to it. I was in my 30s when I jumped into it. But what I found through 
the radio show and through meeting all these people is that before the commission started in like 2008, 2009-ish, the, there was an entire crew of people who were familiar with the cage fighting scene well before I ever even knew what it was. Yeah. And through interviewing guys like, like Chewy, Rob Mooney, Josh Johnson, uh, Scott Smith, Alan Manganello. Good names. <laughs> um, you know, guys, and I'm sure AJ Jenkins is a good one. Um, you know, guys who've been around for a while. I have tried to, as best I can, uh, at least be somewhat educated about the history of the uh, uh, combat sports and specifically MMA within the state of Kentucky. Rob, you are a name that I, I've heard for many years, not real familiar with you, haven't got to chat with you prior today, really. Uh, but if it's all right, could you introduce yourself to the Kelly Patrick Show audience? Who are you? Where are you from? Where'd you grow up? What sports did you play as a kid? What brought you to uh, the world of, I guess, cage fighting? Sure. Thanks for having me. Um, so um, I went by Rob Armand Smith. I'm from Louisville, born and raised. Um, I pretty much grew up all over Louisville, um, you know, um, as I grew up, I was downtown uh, my earlier, earlier years, and then all over the place through Westport areas. Um, I actually didn't do much in elementary and middle school when it came to sports-wise. Um, I did play football just for a little bit in Little League, but uh, that didn't last too long. Um, in middle school, I didn't do much either. Um, in middle school, I had a lot of problems. Um as a kid, actually, uh, I got into a lot of incidents and trouble, hanging out with the wrong crowd. Um, I had a lot of learning phases in middle school. Um, that was pretty much my my growth period. And then by the time I got to ninth grade in uh, Central High School, that's when um, I was like a big WWF and WCW wrestling fan. And <laughs> and I, I didn't really tie them together, but I, I really enjoyed wrestling. So I actually went out and um, – my head coach was a, a Navy commander, and I was in his JROTC class. Um, so he found out about me. Um, he was you, strict. You, you mean you're, you say your head coach? You're a ninth grader at Central High yeah. School, the school of Muhammad Ali, one of the oldest schools in, in the history of Louisville. And you said your head coach, what, wrestling coach? Yes, yes. So you started wrestling in ninth grade. Uh -huh. You had not wrestled at all prior to that? No. Okay. What's the name of that guy? Uh, commander Browning. Okay. Um. And my, uh, at the time, he was the assistant coach. He eventually became the head coach, uh, Shea Founder. Really great guy. Um, but uh, I, th that's where I started at. Uh, of course, uh, I didn't really <laughs> – I didn't really adapt pretty good to Central High School. Uh, it's a great school. It has a lot of opportunities. It, it should still be a magnet academy. Um, I don't know if it still is. But I think it is. They have a good vet program. My stepdaughter went yeah. there for a year. They've got yeah. specifically like a good veterinarian program. Now, there's some drawbacks to it. I'm sure people <coughs> can be critical of it. But they do have some specific, specific good programs. Yeah. I know that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and they have a, a lot of uh, shadowing processes there, too. So you can shadow really good. Um, I, I believe you could even. Yeah, I remember a lot of that stuff. So, yeah, that should still be going on. Of course, uh, after ninth grade, I went to Eastern High School. I wrestled for um, Phil Coombs. Uh, he was the assistant principal. <laughs> and he was the head wrestling coach. Head wrestling coach. So, you wrestled. Did you compete as a freshman? I competed as a freshman. I wasn't supposed to be eligible, but I was in 10th grade. <laughs> so, 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 in freshman year, you competed at Central. How'd you do? Uh, I didn't do too good. Uh, that was my learning phase. Um, I was still going through the anger management process. Um, 
I, I wasn't really uh, taking wrestling very serious, as in I wasn't really taking it very seriously in 10th grade. Everybody has always seen potential in me more than what I have seen in myself. It's always been a mental train wreck for me um, for a lot of different things, for a lot of different reasons, and that was where it pretty much started at when it came to sports-wise. Okay. So I didn't mean to interrupt you there. Were you, you competed maybe freshman year. You competed, were you about 500, something like that? Win about half your matches? Uh, yeah, pretty much ninth and 10th. Yeah, uh, I was on the varsity on both still. Okay, so freshman, you you, did, you say you didn't like jump in and just start dominating. No, no. Well, that's good. It, you were just introduced to the sport. Yeah. However, you were competing at varsity, mm-hmm. and you did win maybe half your matches? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you were doing all right, weren't lighting the world on fire, but for someone who's new to the sport, ninth grader at Central, you had a good year. Yeah, um, it, w- it wasn't the best year, but it was definitely a learning year. Um uh, we we had uh, a very special team. We didn't have a lot of the things that they have now. Uh, we had a little bit less to work with, but um, Commander Browning made it happen. Um, I was a handful for him. I, I, I'm th- very thankful for what he had to put up with with me. How old are you? Uh, me, I'm 37 now. 37, okay. So did you graduate high school in what, like 2005? Yeah. Okay, okay. So you move on to your second year. Was there a reason you, you moved to Middletown or you just decided to switch schools? I never lived in Middletown, and I, and I wasn't living in uh, downtown Louisville when I went to Central. Uh, I was actually busing for both of them. Okay. Uh, uh, whatever they call it, where you have to transfer to another. Uh, it's a bus depot, yeah. Sure. Uh, but in Eastern, um, I was in Ballard High School's district at that time, and I went to Eastern. Um so, uh, yeah, uh, 11th grade is actually where I actually was first ranked and I actually got serious and it was, by, it was late by then, but I placed to stay. I was actually more serious. And that was at Eastern High School? Yeah. So you spent your final three years of high school at Eastern? Yeah. And who was the head coach your junior year? Uh, Phil Coombs all, all the years. Phil Coombs. Is yeah. he still around? Uh, no, he's retired, living in Florida. Okay. So your, 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 your junior year, you had a big year? Uh, I had a big year, biggest year was senior year. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, senior year, they uh, <laughs> I was a little bit of a, a city star. They they took really great care of me. I I was like in the news like three times. I was in the newspaper four times. What uh, weight class was your best? One thirty five. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was ranked second all year. Of course, uh, the transfer uh, from Ohio was the return to state champion, and I just couldn't do anything with him. So it didn't, it didn't did you compete far. against him multiple times? Uh, two or three times, and it, it was always the same. Now, now my last time, I, I put a little bit more spunk in there, but cardio-wise, I <laughs> I couldn't keep up with him. Do you remember that guy's name? Jacob Merton. Okay. Great guy. Uh, very, very, very great guy. Um, uh, I believe he's uh, still coaching at uh, Campbellsville University, which was my first wrestling college. Okay. So, you had a good... Uh, let's dive into that, actually. Um... What you said, WWE. So you were a fan of like Stone Cold and The Rock, stuff yeah. like that. Who's your favorite WWE fighter? Uh, my favorite WWF guy is The Undertaker. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I love The Undertaker. Okay. So because of that, I've heard this before. That's kind of funny. Because of that, that prompted you to get into wrestling on the school team. Yeah, of course. When I, so it was a very, very hard adapting phase with that. So when I came in, I was doing. 
pro wrestling moves on people. So I was getting in trouble a lot. <laughs> the coach was like, what the fuck? Pretty, actually, that's exactly what he's saying. <laughs> what the yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? The Navy commander kept telling me yeah, that. Sure. <laughs> okay. So, so uh, um, that, but however, that turned out to be a positive thing in your life was you becoming a wrestler, right? Yeah, sure. So looking back on whatever it is that led you to that, I think it's interesting. My son will be a freshman at Eastern. Yep. This upcoming year. Okay, good. And he's good enough to make the basketball team. I'm praying he gets cut. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's one of the few white guys on the that team, and he rides the bench. I mean, he's all right. He's good. Yeah. He's good, but I'd ra- much rather him be middle of the road or <laughs> even the worst guy on the wrestling team, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm hoping that he ends up wrestling for Eastern. But whatever it is that brought you there ended up paying a lot of dividends for you over the years. Oh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Wrestling man. has been a net yeah. very positive in your life. Oh, and I forgot to tell you, uh, my 10th grade year, that was the year Rajon Rondo was there. Mm. Yep. Um, you know what's funny? You graduated high school from Eastern in 2005. Yeah. My ex-wife graduated from high school with you. <laughs> I'll tell you her name afterward. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just putting two and two together. I'm like, oh, shit. Or maybe it was 2004. I think it was five. But anyways... Um, so Rondo was there. Yeah. I played Rondo at the Y one time, tried to guard him. I played basketball <laughs> like my son. I was good yeah. enough to make the team. I played with a guy who went to the NBA, actually, at Oldham County, Dante Smith. He played a couple years for the Hawks. He's still playing professionally. But at the Northeast YMCA, I got to play with Rondo once. Gotcha. And I tried to guard him, and he does not take anything lightly. No, he doesn't. Super fucking competitive. Yes. Like, I was some little white guy who was going to have a heart attack trying my best, uh-huh. and he was like... Kind of taunting me and just dominating <laughs> me, which I'm not knocking. You know, he didn't do anything uneth. You know, I don't mind someone being real competitive. That's yeah. good. That's what I want. That's why LeBron and everybody probably likes him. Yeah, is because he always wants to win everything. So, yeah. So you 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 ended up doing well your senior year. You turned into a little bit of a city star. <coughs> this is all at Eastern. Uh huh. Um, and that was at 135. Uh huh. And it, at one point, you decided you're going to make a run at it for college wrestling. How did that come about? Uh, well, um, I can't really remember why I wanted to go to college because it kind of – I was a little bit everywhere with it because I ended up going to three different colleges. Um, and Campbellsville is the, the prime reason why I was in student loan debt for years. Wow, that's yeah. a negative. Yeah. Are you out of student loan debt now? That just ended like two years ago. <laughs> you you paid it off? Yeah, I paid it off. Good for you. How relieving was that? That's a serious crisis. We could go on into a different direction with yeah. this episode if we wanted, but that shit will fuck your life up. It definitely will. Because then you're kind of like a literal slave. You're like, oh, I've got this shitty job. I hate it. They own it. My ass. boss is a fucking dickhead and talks down to me every day. Yeah. Wish I could quit, but I've got these student loan debt yeah. that I've got to pay. Um, or it's just hanging over your head. So, okay, that's interesting. So you, you did you have any success wrestling in college? Or uh, you just kind of bounce around from different schools? Yeah, I, I actually did bounce around. Um, that's when, I, right. when I was at Campbellsville, uh, Frankie James was the head coach. Uh, uh, I didn't really take him in as well as I did. Uh, of course, high school and college is very, very, very different, and it is very hard for you to adapt into college because if you are – even close to decent in high school, it takes a little bit of a learning curve to uh, pretty much, I guess you could say, um, uh, uh, pretty much change your, you take away the ego out of it because you're, you're not that guy no more. 
so when I was at Campbellsville, you know, I bumped into all of these Virginia wrestlers and Tennessee wrestlers, and then, uh, you know, I mean, the Alabama guy, I mean, California, there's all these guys from different states, and Kentucky wrestling is not the prime rib of USA wrestling in high school. So, <clears throat> of course, when I went in there, um, <clears throat> my former teammate was actually still there, Dark, uh, Derek Sawyer. I was here to mention Derek Sawyer's name. Yeah, he was still there. Um, that that was really the... Is he a year ahead of you? Two years ahead of me. So he graduated the same year. You graduated 2005. Yeah. So he graduated 2003. Yeah. I think my ex-wife graduated with Derek Sawyer from Eastern. So he was two... two, two yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. So so you, you, you were a teammate a couple different times with Derek Sawyer. Yeah. Um, and overall wrestling... I appreciate the honesty. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. But, uh, especially, uh, uh, you know, I watched a special about student loan debt. With, uh-huh. Tried to get my, force my daughter. I've got a, a three kids, 16, 15, 14-year-olds. And I try to sit down and talk to them about sometimes it can be presented to you like, you're a badass, you're a wrestler. Yeah. We'll give you a little partial scholarship. Yeah. Your, your ego's kind of pumped. Absolutely. Okay. And then you're like, okay, well, the first year, they're like, you don't even have to pay anything the first year. And it's in fine print, like the first year, something like that, right? <laughs> like, it's familiar. some type of a, a, a fine print type shit trick, tricks you into getting a bunch of debt, whereas it's presented like, oh, my goodness, you're so well, you're such a great candidate. You're, so, you're such a good candidate for these scholarships. And look yeah. at this. It's so great. Yeah. And then you have a self a sense of self-importance. You're like, mom, dad, look, I got this scholarship. Everything's yeah. great. I'm going to this college. And then fine print, somehow you get fucked. Within a couple of years, you got 60000 or some of that. I mean, and, and no, not only that, uh, the college, I cannot remember exactly how much it was, but it was not cheap. Uh, but the, the, that, that college in general, um, man, it was, it was so Campbellsville, Campbellsville, like okay. you know, my roommate was somebody I actually went to middle school with and I wrestled against in high school. Okay. He went to Trinity high school, Zach Davis. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, it, it, it was, it was hot and cold a lot. Um, they have a really, uh, big, what they call Christ, Christian atmosphere, uh, I mean, of course, I am spiritual, but it's definitely not what I would consider um, a confidential or confident, however you want to look at it, a very, you know, um, straightforward, legit Christian atmosphere. Interesting. It's very hit and miss. Um, it's uh, do as I say, not as I do. You know what I mean? It's very uh, Okay, weird. so you did not have a good experience <laughs> no. overall with that school. I actually enjoyed my second college where I wrestled at. Ten times more, and it was a junior college. Where was that? St. Louis. St. Louis. That's yeah. interesting. Yep. And you uh, wrestled there. Did you compete there? Yeah, uh, of course. It, it, it's ugly, man. Of course, as much as they begged me not to stop at Campbellsville wrestling, um, you know, they they were they were very motivating about pushing me and want me to stay. Almost the exact same thing happened at St. Louis. It just was mentally not there for college no more. It, that's a that's a full time job when you're playing sports in college. You know? Oh, I believe it. In junior college, uh, you can't knock them. I mean, this place was a big college, and St. Louis isn't small. And uh, I had two Japanese coaches, uh, Americanis. Yeah, man, they were great. The two coaches for St. Louis were Japanese. Yes. Interesting. What kind of wrestling do they do in Japan? Not folk style. Is it? I, I, folk style is just us, I think, right? Well, well, well. We we we. So folk style, it, it's not just us, but it's it's uh, it's competitive differently in different um, countries. 
It's not done the same. Okay. It's not looked at the same. It's similar. But once you go to other countries, they they sometimes take freestyle and Greco more serious. Sure. Folk styles, the redhead stepchild. Sure. <clears throat> want to lock hands. They want to throw. I mean, they want to do all of that stuff. So that was the style of these Japanese coaches, more I mean, so. Well, that, a little that bit was more throws style, than yeah. the, the traditional. They 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 taught everything you could possibly think of. Um, uh, the son David Marikatani. Um, he uh, don't kill me if I get this wrong. It's Iowa State. He wrestled at. Wow. And his father was the most fascinating character that I had ever met in college because, first of all, he was born in a camp. Uh, in the U.S.? I believe so. Like a Japanese internment camp? Yeah. Holy shit, yeah. that's pretty yeah. interesting. Yeah, I That's mean, like an, a, a glossed over part of history often is these Japanese internment camps. My grandmother, who passed away last year at age 93... Her husband, my grandfather, fought in World War II, and so she was raised at this entire culture. And when I would talk to her, even at the end of her life, she was very loving. Yeah. Loved my wife's Cuban woman of color, very nice to her. But if the topic of Japanese people came up, yeah. she was like, oh, those Japanese. Yeah. And they're like, what the hell, Grandma? <laughs> like, the, specifically the Japanese. So there was like a time where, you know, with Pearl Harbor, I mean, the history yep. of what, you know, there was some, of course, tumultuous history there. But the, the Japanese internment camps, and that's something along those lines you think is where your coach was maybe even born. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I, very, so damn smart, man. Is this, this guy, I mean, he's not loud. He's not aggressive. I don't know if he's always been this way. Um, but uh, Mr. Ron Marikatani was like, he was just cut out for this sport. Uh, he he knew Dan Gable. I mean, he was just this guy, man. I mean, I enjoyed him so much. Um, he was the one that recruited me, though. So, of course, I didn't really uh, <clears throat> start out strong with David Marikatani, but he is very, very respected in what he does. And I hold the highest of both of them in the highest respect for him. I mean, unfortunately, though, I did have to pay for my own housing. Mm. I, was living in, I was living in the city. Uh, and, and I had to pay a year's lease up. And at the time, I had this this girl that I was, uh, you know, back and forth with. Uh, we were friends, I guess you could say. But she paid for the whole thing for me. Because um, other than that, I was not going to be going. Uh, so uh, I, I spent, you know, a very short period at Campbellsville in St. Louis. Um, and then uh, right there in the cutoff of St. Louis, I ended up in the powerhouse gym, the original powerhouse gym in Louisville that's no longer there. I believe it's a, I mean, it's been a million different things. I believe it's a, a well, it could be Planet Fitness now. Where is it? Uh, 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 Goose Creek Road area, Westport Road. Okay, okay. I know where so, that is. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that place changes a million You times. mentioned Westport earlier. I assume you lived, you said yeah. Boward. Uh, so I assumed at some point you lived around the Westport Road, Boward District area. Um, I was all over Westport Road. <laughs> All over that place. Me too. I, I In high school, so I went to Oldham County High School, graduated in 2002. I'd be able to drive from LaGrange, where I was, lived, to Louisville. And my yeah. version of Louisville was like Westport Road. Yeah. Gene Snyder, Westport Road. <laughs> yeah. I was like, go to Louisville. And I got a job at On the Border Mexican Restaurant right there on Westport Road. And, and then at Cheddar's right there. So I was always, and my dad actually lived on that neighborhood on Westport Road, oh, Indian I, Springs. I remember when Cheddar's did the grand opening. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think that was probably 2003-ish. Pretty much, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. yeah, I was one of the, within a year after that, I worked there. Um, okay, so so you, what was, the, you said you wrestled 
at, at the two first colleges. Was there yeah. a third? My third college I just went to. Uh, so I was a psych major in Campbellsville and a psych major at uh, St. Louis. And um, I was kind of a psych major at uh, JCC where it was my third college, junior college. Uh, then I ended up getting into elite health. <clears throat> um, and that's pretty much where it ended right there. But that was also when um, I got into MMA. Okay. So I met, uh, rest in peace, uh, Ron Sparks at the Powerhouse Gym. Oh, wow. Yeah. He was kind of your first intro into it? <laughs> yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Do you look at him and think, look at this. I bet I could kick this guy's ass. Was that your first thought? Well, so when he walked up on me, uh, I didn't expect the voice and the accent and all of that stuff to come out. Uh, he was like, hey, what's up, baby? <laughs> and his fucking hand was like a, this enormous. I mean, he, and he came in and he was down to earth immediately. So he was a fighter. So the first time I ever watched UFC was in St. Louis with my coach, uh, David Maragatani, and he took us to a gym. And I looked at him crazy. I was like, I could never do this shit. Like, what are y'all in here doing? Like, he's on his back. Why is he wrapping his legs around him? Like, what the hell are y'all doing in here? And then, like, I see this guy hitting pads, and like, oh my, oh no, no, this, this isn't my thing, man. I don't want to come back to this gym no more and watch. Um, we went out and we ate that one night. And we, Chuck Liddell is the very first one that I see fight, saw fight, uh, and I just was not feeling it at all. I was like, there's no way I could do this. And then I meet this guy, Ron Sparks. <clears throat> um, at the powerhouse gym, and he talks me into going to the gym with him. He found out that you had wrestled. Yeah. And he was like, okay. I mean, that's like the best. If you meet someone yeah. who, who wrestled four years in high school and then a little bit in college, yeah. like that's and, – and you're an MMA fighter, you're like, okay, well, you've got a big portion of MMA covered already. Yeah. You got to work on some other stuff. What was, How did it go from there? Uh, you start hitting hitting pads with him, or working on your box. What did you start working on immediately? It, it, it's it's a it's a little foggy. Uh, I just I remember I believe he's the one that drove me out there to Derby City. Uh, it was in two thousand and seven. Uh, he drove me out there, or maybe I went by myself. I remember walking around with him, and he introduced me to uh, who was uh, our head jujitsu instructor at the time, Colin Kyle Cannon. Um, and then, uh, Jason Y was teaching the MMA program. Uh, Kelly Mays was the boxing coach. Uh, and, and I, and, and I don't know if you ever heard this or knew this, every MMA gym I've ever been in, I hung tight, like super glued to every boxing coach. If you were teaching me boxing in May, you weren't going to get the best out of me. <clears throat> so you were, so you, you take boxing very serious. I took it very serious. Yeah. Why? Uh, it, something just clicked. Um, you like boxing. I didn't even like getting hit, but I, you know, I, if, if any, everybody that knows me, most of everybody who knows me knows that I did not have hands when I first started fighting. But, um, uh, <laughs> I did not like getting hit. I did not like throwing punches. Uh, it, it, but it only took a few months to learn combos. And Kelly Mays was uh, my size. So it was actually the best guy I could start out with. Uh, and I love the atmosphere. Um, um, of course, Derby City then was a different atmosphere. So we were like, um, it, it, it's kind of the same now, but it's not the same now. So when I, when I went there with Ron and he was showing me around, 
uh, it was almost like an auditioning thing, like uh, trying out. First I had to do the mental tryout, then I had to do the physical tryout. And, you know, they were kicking my ass the whole time. I can I can imagine. <laughs> I came in at 32, no combat sports experience, yeah. none. And I got my ass kicked. But I've seen wrestlers come in. Yeah. And I now that I've been training for a little bit, oh, these guys, oh, okay, people, you know, this guy fucking wrestled all through high school and then in college. Okay, yeah. so you're getting everybody's best look. Yeah. <laughs> More so than the average normal new guy, right? Yeah, man. I it, it it was it was it was legit, man. I loved it. Uh, um, I I can almost remember everybody from the jujitsu side to MMA side. Uh, Who are some people from the jujitsu side? Do you remember? Uh, well, of course, the purple belt Chewy. <laughs> Chewy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the brown belt Tommy Wills. Uh, tell, tell me about Chewy at that time. He was known for doing real well in competitions. I'm sure. Uh, I, I mean, I, I think he was from an early age. I thought. I thought. I, I'm, I'm new to. To, relatively new to all this, but I think he was doing well even competing as a white belt and blue belt. I thought. Uh, well, j- j- just just for all all everything in all information, Chewy has always been tough. I don't think I I have never seen him in a a weak stage, honestly. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> in any capacity, no capacity. Okay, <laughs> haven't really seen him get fucked up with the boxing no, or anything. No. no, when he went in out there, even when he went out there and fought MMA, like I didn't, I never. He he does not look like a guy that would fight in MMA, but he definitely looks like a guy that would do jujitsu. Okay, I don't know if you know you agree with it. They kind of have different looks. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, That's fair. He uh, he's he was very tough on all the scales, but he just wasn't that guy though in the gym at the time. Ooh. But he was always great. To there was a hierarchy that existed. Absolutely, he was a part of the hierarchy, but yeah. it wasn't at the top. Uh, well, so maybe of the purple belts. I mean, so back then, I cannot remember purple belts being the guys at the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes sense. I mean, because we had two brown belts running the gym. The the, call, the brothers. Yeah. Okay. I mean, and and they were already a handful as it was. Sure. Um. And I mean, every brown belt in the gym, which of course, when I came in, um, I was not really ever put with the blue belts and the white belts for obvious reasons. Off the bat, because yeah. you're a wrestler. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I mean, I was with the uh, the higher belts, and they were all tough. Um, I, I, and some of their names are a little off right now, but I remember everybody. It was a lot of different people who I've spread out into Kentucky. Okay. Very cool. And you you took to boxing quickly. Yeah. How, so that was 2007. Uh-huh. Did you decide at that point, I want to fight MMA? Uh, yeah, it, it, it didn't. It took five or six months, maybe if not less, I believe. I was already fighting. And um, my very first fight, um, I fought with uh, Ron was fighting that night, and Greg Taylor was fighting that night. Uh, we went to the outskirts of Barstown, Loretto, uh, a cozy corner, a bar, a biker bar. They had this big ass boxing ring outside. It was cold as shit, um, and I don't remember weigh-ins. I can tell you that much. <laughs> I was one fifty-five that night, and I still jumped in there with a guy named Boo Boo. <laughs> How can I? So if we're trying, if I'm trying to look at your career, what would I look for online? Unfortunately, if you want to look at anything like uh, that, you can actually learn anything about me from is on my YouTube. Oh, so there's no you. What, so if your you, first fight was in 2007. Yes. Yeah, so it, when uh, was your last fight? My last fight. Oh, shit. Um, 
what year? 2013 or 14. Okay, okay. The problem is, though, uh, you mentioned it earlier about the commission and everything. A lot of our fights were not sanctioned and That's they didn't what put I was them online. Guessing. Okay, that yeah. makes sense. So you're not on Tapology, Sheardog? I'm, I'm on Sheardog. Okay, so what name do I look for? Uh, there's like a bunch of different I know, names. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I pop up as Robert Smith and I pop up as Rob Smith. Robert Smith. Uh, that shit is all over the place. <laughs> and I should look at Sheardog. It should be on there. There's one that, see, there's a Robert Havoc Smith, Rob Smith. Uh, me, me in general, I'm on like three different names. <laughs> I, that's, what I'm, that's what I was asking for because I tried to do yeah. some, some research prior. It's all over the place. <clears throat> so that's not you. No. Pro Owen two. Um, last fight two thousand five. No, not Robert Hav. Uh, no, no, Havoc. Um, Rob Smith. Nope. <laughs> Twenty. <guy>. Yeah. <laughs> you don't see many of those in Robert Smiths. <laughs> Mostly white guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Robert Smith Neely. There's Robert Smith MMA stats. I don't even see it. It's difficult, man. It, it, over time, stuff gets buried. It did, seems. Did MixedMartialArts.com disappear? You know, actually, maybe not. I, I, I don't think it disappeared. Let's, let me check. Robert Smith, one in four? Uh, let's see. Says you're um, 31. I don't even know who Team Shredded is. <laughs> you never fought Scott Floyd or Tim Stout, John Carr? Well, that's actually weird because I fought John Carr. All those other guys, I never fought them. Says you had oh, one Corey fight King. in 2001. Oh, shit. Let me scoot over closer to your screen because that, that one looks familiar. So, look, if I look at John Carr's, uh, yeah, I don't know. So, yeah, I, f- I don't know who the hell Scott Floyd is. Did, did John Carr <laughs> guillotine you? I did get caught in a guillotine. Okay. So, that's all mixed up because it says you fought Robert Fleener in, Fiener in 2001, uh, Tim Stout in 2003. Oh, my God. <laughs> you don't recognize those names? I don't know who the hell they are. So it's all, all <laughs> fucked up. Corey Kubley, does that look familiar? Yeah, I, I did fight him. Um, so these are accurate. Yeah. Did you beat Scott Floyd? I have no idea who he is. <laughs> wow, that's weird, man. So much for that uh, record sheet. <laughs> look, here says Robert Smith, 2-2, two and two, age 37, 5'5". Five, five. There we go. You do have a tapology. Uh, is that I you? Did not fight Derek Bird. <laughs> go with those goals or let me see what those are. Chris Dunn, did you beat Chris you lose to Chris Dunn? Uh, no. Kickboxer okay, from on, Cincinnati. Sorry. Chris Chris Dunn, I did fight. He okay. Broke, I broke my rib in that fight. Okay. Oh shit, it got canceled bouts on her. That's cool. I never knew they did that. It says that you were scheduled in 2014 to fight 2013 to fight BJ Ferguson. <laughs> yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. So you beat Fred Morris, you beat Nick Moppin. I don't know who Fred Morris is. I did you beat Moppin is. Did you beat Nick Moppin in yeah. 2007? Yeah. What, what, how'd you beat him? That was a decision, I believe. Okay, so you wrestle-fucked him. Is that, <laughs> is that accurate? I, can't, I think so. Is that, is that an insult? Do you view that as an insult? You, no. being, a, you being a wrestler, <laughs> does that sound bad? You just held that him down, funny. and you said, I'm redder, better at wrestling than you. I'm going to hold you down for three rounds. God, I hardly remember that shit. So, so all I remember is just choking up my damn lungs the whole time with him. I was like, my cardio, I could ne- like. So I'm, I want to let you know something. I, I am uh, the worst fucking head case in my MMA fights. I know no one knows this. I'm telling it today. Okay, you're the very first person who'll know this. Okay, only my college wrestling coaches know it. Only my high school coaches know it. People who actually been around me. You've said that type me. thing a couple times. Yes. Like you had anger issues as a kid. Yeah, yeah. you seem uh, pretty level headed. 
I'm older. Okay. You seem level-headed <laughs> yeah. now, but if you get yeah. into a, a... A 20-year-old version of me is not going to be talking to you the same. So, so you're in... Uh, my son is 14, and when he spars boxing sometimes, yeah. I'll, I'll be in his corner, like, trying to... I'm not very good. I'm yeah. trying to help gotcha, coach, gotcha. and he'll get mad about something. He's like, my stomach hurts. And I'm like, sorry. What do you yeah. want? You want to quit? And he's just, like, yelling at me. And he's doing well in the ring. Yeah, yeah. But it's like he's just got like, is that the type of thing? You just, certain things would piss you off? Shit, bro. It's mental health. You're just, you're just mad. It's, something. No, no, it's like legit mental health. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I, What's an example that. of that? Uh, fucking anxiety, depression, uh, fucking, like I go in these fights, man. And I, I, didn't, I personally, me being honest with you right now, I was not a good person to be in something like that at all. You were two and two as a pro. Is that accurate? Yeah. Okay. What was your amateur record? That's fucking like 15 and 5. There's, 15, it's spread everywhere. 15 and 5, yeah, yeah. amateur, and 2 and 2 as a pro. So you had a pretty good MMA career. Yeah, it was decent. 2 and 2, I mean, uh, you didn't make a bunch of money, I'm sure. But, no. but 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 you can look back and say you at least did something. Uh, I, You're I, at least a, a, a pro fighter who was 500. So the things I did um, right there before Chris Dunn was what I was most proud of. Uh, Before Chris Dunn? That was uh, when I went to Florida and fought for the Black Zillions. I signed up on a management team. Okay. So that was pretty cool. I was down the road not too long from, uh, not too far from um, American Top Team. So, uh, I mean, you know who the Black Zillions are? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, we we were all down there together uh, at uh, Imperial Athletics at the time. Then it was Jocko Training Center. Um, Rest in peace, my um, manager, Glenn Robinson. He uh, took real good care of me for the most part down there. Uh, so training with UFC fighters, pride fighters, dream guys, et cetera, that, that was a good little opportunity. <clears throat> um, taught me a whole lot. Um, of course, it only did so much. Um, I, 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 management teams are also a hit and miss, man. Um, you you got to know who you're signing up with and what you're signing up for. Because while you're living down there, you could be a sparring partner one day. You can be jumping into a damn fight out of nowhere. And you don't know what the motivations necessarily for the promoter. You know, you may oh, be man. the guy who's brought in because on paper it looked good for this up-and-coming guy to beat the fuck out of you yeah. in front of a bunch of people. That doesn't sound yeah. pleasant. Yeah. I've thought about that. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm ready to fight. This sounds good. This will be fun. And then you, you, I can imagine only you walk in and you're like, Everybody in this whole room is expecting me to get the fuck kicked out of me, including the yeah. guy who's paying me to do it and all that. So, and I were, and I was already struggling with. I'm, I've always been plagued with injuries. Uh, no matter where, what or where we in, I've always had injury issues nonstop. You mentioned you've mentioned mental health a few times. Yeah, um, it's more and more popular these days to be open about those types of things, right? Yeah, you should be. Yeah, Tyson Fury, for example, yeah. struggled. He's so open. I love yeah. it. He's like, yeah. like he's, yeah. uh, you know, start doing cocaine and staying out all night with women of the night. Yeah, he, no said the, <laughs> he said that on the he said that on the Rogan experience. Yeah, he's like, yeah, you know, I was married, but I decided at that time it was a good idea to just start basically doing cocaine, drinking a lot, and spending all my time with hookers. Well, and then I bounced back, and it's okay. But he's just completely yeah. open about it's, it. It's incredible, man. I mean, we we it's a good a good way to look at it. Is you know, is to let, remind people that you're human, because uh, sometimes um, you're held at a higher standard. You put on the pedestal, and some people don't like that shit. They want you to actually know who they are as a human. 
They don't want you to know who they are as a star because it's, it conflicts you of who you are. You know, or, or, no one wants to live a lie like that. You know, we. This is me, but I appreciate that you enjoyed that side of me. Now, do you care to elaborate or share any more about your your mental health stuff? Um, uh, uh, you have said sure. oh, I didn't ask yeah. you. I didn't say, "Hey, everyone says you're crazy." Because I didn't know that you told me. Yeah. So, uh, have you like had treatment? Have you had medication? I mean, what have you had any real bad incidents? Because you seem to have your shit together. You drove uh, here in a nice car. You look like you present yourself well. You sound good. Um, I assume life's not going that bad for you. It's actually a good, good. It's actually a great question because uh, mental health has a really uh, wide capacity. Um, you know, you'll see different people um, go through different things in mental health. Um, some people have to be hospitalized. They cannot control themselves or maintain themselves. Me personally, um, I already had a rough childhood an abusive childhood, but also a rough childhood. It was just all over the damn place. There was a lot of issues that were going on, but I always had something to help me keep afloat. So, um, you know, I'm very thankful and I'm blessed that, you know, uh, I didn't have these problems that a lot of people mental health have. So, of course, when I worked in law enforcement for a while, uh, I was bumping into a lot of people who um, sadly are are either lost or not coming back. You know I mean? We're from a wise person. So we're talking like just an example right here, a guy or I've even had to work in law enforcement with kids. So I've met 14 year old little boys. I've met 50 year old men who like to rub shit all of themselves. I mean, Jesus, yeah. when you, when you're that level, yeah, that's a different level. That's a different mental health level. Sure. So, uh, uh, <laughs> your, your strategy to discussing mental health yeah. is to acknowledge that it's existent. Yeah. It has impacted you. It's sometimes negatively, but right now you're doing well with it. But uh, the extremity or the severity of that those mental health struggles, of course, vary from person to person. Yeah, it has sure. it was an issue for you specifically when competing in combat sports. Uh, and, it just, and I just happen to be very talented while going through that, which it shocks mm. me to this day. I don't understand how I have been able to do as much as I have done because. I've done jiu-jitsu, I'm ranked in judo, have done a lot of judo. Tell me about your ranking in judo, what's that? Uh, I am at my very last uh, level in brown belt EQ, so I'm waiting on my um, black belt test. Where do you train judo? Well, I'm I'm not doing it right now, so I'm I'm not with a group right now. Um, but um, my judo sensei actually uh, died not er, too long Earl ago. Earl Cheatham? Yeah. Wow, just assume. Yeah. Um, I did a series of episodes honoring him. Never met him, yeah. but it seems like a lot of people have... Uh, a lot of respect for that guy. Uh, it, if if you ever talk, there's a lot of people when you talk to them, um, you, when you, you'll remember what they say for the rest of your life, and then some people you'll forget it the minute they leave the room. Mm. This guy, you'll remember it for the rest of your life. He tells the best stories. And he got his black belt in Japan, so he's that guy. Okay. Um, interesting. Very cool. What was your... Best performance in combat sports. If you had to pick one shining moment, you you were fifteen and five amateur. You were two and two pro on paper. If I were to tell my son, who's a big fan of MMA, he'd be like, "That's okay." He just judges people entirely. What, what was his record? Fifteen and five amateur, two and two pro. He'd be shrug yeah. his shoulders, be like, "That's pretty good." I mean, well, you know, yeah. for whatever standard, he's not going to say you're headed to the UFC or anything <laughs> crazy like yeah. that. But like, but like that was a accomplishment. Uh, on paper, you had a, an accomplished MMA career. 
overall in combat sports, was there one shining moment where you fucked somebody up on a big stage, that was your moment, or personally that mattered more for you, what was your moment? Um, I, I don't know, because I, I, I look at the glass a little differently than a lot of people, so strangely, believe it or not, my very best years are as a blue belt. What's your jujitsu rank now? Uh, first degree black. Wow, yep. okay. Yep. Do you train judo or jujitsu often now? Uh, I've slowed down a little bit. Okay. Yeah. So you're jujitsu black belt. I didn't even know that. Um, <laughs> very cool. Who gave you your black belt? Uh, I got it from uh, Valhalla Academy, Ryan Jones. Okay. Yep. Um, so, yeah, like I was saying, there, there, there's just, there's nothing that really sticks out. Uh, you know, I, I enjoy fighting in Miami, but, you know, it was on a one week's notice, to, uh, tw- almost damn near 20 pounds, and that was a horrible ass decision that I made $900 from. Uh, and then of course, you know, you look on there and you see lost to punches and it's like, only if you could write the fucking story on there, not the excuse, but the story, you know, it just was it, it, there was no meaning to it. I should have never even been in there. And that was the fight, uh, against Hander Rodriguez. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> okay. I, I'm not the, my first fucking punch floored him and I'm like staring at him as, as he's falling on the ground and like the very first punch is like immediately where all my energy went away. You thought it was over momentarily? You uh, really connected? Yeah. You're like, oh, I fucking got it. In boxing, maybe this would be it. I wouldn't, so I wouldn't suggest cutting the way, cutting weight the way I was cutting. To you, okay. Yeah, so like, you know, that way is not going to be successful for you. I did enjoy fighting in Puerto Rico. I am, um, ha- I'm mixed with Puerto Rican, so I enjoy fighting there. One of your parents is Puerto Rican? Uh, my, so my, my grandfather, uh, my grandmother doesn't like me talking about that. <laughs> so the one I, I never, uh, met, he is Puerto Rican. Um, so, you know, that's my mother's father. Um, of course I never was raised with him or knew about him. We've talked before he died on different occasions. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. But Puerto Rico holds a little bit of a significant place in your, at least in your, your combat sports journey. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, the, so the combat sports, man, it's like it just so you you would need like a, a, a you would need to talk to me on a, on a probably longer or another day because I can it's so many damn stories with so many people in places. So because I've been in a lot of gyms, like I was saying, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, I, I have never been proud of the guy who I actually was from. Uh, so, I mean, 20, 20 to late 20s, I, I've never been extremely proud of that person. You mean you were a piece of shit like you were a bully? Uh, no, no. Because, I, I, I mean, at the end of the day, I, I, I always, I can never handle um, being dismissed by people. Mm, you way. felt disrespected. Yes. Uh, you didn't handle that well. Uh, That's not a bad thing, necessarily. Unless you like going on a murder, murdering spree or something. You're right. Yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. you're right, yeah. But but standing up for yourself yeah. is not necessarily bad. Actually, let's see. So, Rob, yeah. what originally prompted you and I to have... Actually, I had messaged you years ago, I think. Yeah. Okay? Because of, as I said at the beginning of today's episode, I do, in fact, like to... Try to be familiar. Like I said, I I enjoyed interviewing Rob Mooney a bunch. Yeah. You know, guys who've been around a long time, things like that. Um, so I, I had reached out to you 
at one point for an episode, and we never made it work. But recently in the Kelly Patrick Show, you, you remember the Kelly Patrick Show Facebook group? Uh-huh. Okay, that's not even MMA-related. It's just like a <laughs> shit-posting yeah. group, right? Gotcha. But it is that community. Yeah. Right? That's kind of how you see it. You live in Lexington now. Yeah, Georgetown. Georgetown, okay. And so you... you You've got to see that as at least some of the people from Louisville who are MMA fighters or trained or something. Those are the people in the group, right? Yeah. Okay. So it does have a feel to that. It's a shit posting group, not even MMA related, but it's part of that little community locally. And you saw a post, I'm guessing. Yeah. I forget even what the post was. I can't remember anything about the post. Which, which is funny because it, it, as much as it, I know what the post is, as much as he thinks it's as insult as me, it's in my favorites list on YouTube. Okay, so Mike Yanez mentioned <laughs> you in a, a comments thread Yeah, on a, some post in the Kelly Patrick Show group, yeah. and I, I forget exactly what was said between the two of you, but tell me the story. What was he referencing? Uh, we don't need the exact context because I don't even remember the post, but what did he reference? He thought he was taking a shot at you. What was it he was referencing? Uh, well, the... the the last thing that I remember, it wasn't us, you know, having any dialogue, but it was just this this picture that he just masturbates to, I guess you could say, because he will not stop talking about this fucking rear naked choke. Like, I have been submitted in at least once or twice, if not more, in all the gyms I've been in by someone that is clearly better than me, or I have been submitted in a fight. There's nothing that really stands out that is like, oh, shit, man, wow. I mean, like, it's not a knockout. It's a submission. But so it's against John Rechtenwall. Um, and, it, again, it was uh, a fight that was, uh, I guess, favored for me. And um, it was one of Yanez's guys, and he didn't he didn't have as much experience as me. Obviously, he was um, a better uh, grappler at that time and that occasion. I don't know Josh on that level, so I cannot say anything about Josh. I don't even know if Josh is, you know, helping him, you know, going around talking about me. Uh, but one thing stands out. This was out, an amateur fight. Amateur record. fight. Okay. Yeah. Uh, for the RFL uh, featherweight belt, which I'm a bantamweight. <laughs> so okay. I went up to fight. Okay. Um, so one thing that I like to uh, make very clear is uh, in the MMA community. So I am 37 years old. Um and when I say I'm 37 years old, I mean, I don't give a shit about these people talking about something that happened when I was 20. But when it comes to that stage, a lot of people just cannot seem to let shit go. Okay. And Yanez is one of them. I never would have thought that somebody actually did send a picture of the post to me that he is actually saying, oh, look, mm. this Robert Smith is like, dude. Is, like, is that what happened? Yeah. Someone sent you a screenshot. Just so you <laughs> yeah. know, someone's talking shit about you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, because it's always going to get back to me. Sure. I mean, but it's like, sense. you know, I mean, bro, like, are you really still living on this old same ass song? Like, let it go. I have left, I guess you could say, uh, a stamp on so many of these guys' lives because some of them just will not shut the fuck up about me. They will not stop. Is Yanez the main guy for that? Or is there oh, other? sure. No. Is there others? No, there's, there's others, but... For some reason, he's the out-of-state one. I, I don't think about you, Yanez. I don't wake up thinking about you. I don't go to sleep thinking about you. And then, and if we're going to be bluntly honest, just in case if anyone comments to this about anybody else that does it, I do not lose sleep over people talking shit about me in the MMA community. 
uh, the MMA game is the dirtiest game you can get involved in other than boxing. Okay. <laughs> I mean. I was going to say, that, that is an interesting, <laughs> but you're including yeah. boxing in there. Yeah. yeah uh, boxing is arguably as dirty or dirtier, yes. kind of because it's been around so long. Yeah. And it's like, oh, this is how we exploit yeah. young guys in this sport. Mm-hmm. This is the nature of it. And, and so it happens in MMA too. So oh, it's a dirty absolutely. business. Absolutely. Uh, and, it, and I mean, the very first guy that ever told me that was uh, Jason Mayhem Miller. And I, I remember I have never forgot him telling me, like, he said, roll, get ready, because if it's something you want to do, it's the dirtiest in the game. And and he has he's has been dead on in my head this entire time because some of these guys, man, they put on a show in the front. Um, you know, uh, if you can create an audience – and use the power of manipulation, it becomes a very dangerous and powerful tool. Okay. So, speaking of Yanez, though, okay. uh, I remember a lot of his guys, uh, if I'm correct, the Ferguson brothers, um, Chewy, um, shit, uh, there's a lot of them. So, there's so many of them. I mean, so, so many of them, and I forgot some of their names. But uh, he... He had some of the best damn guys come out of that gym, mm-hmm. Highlander group. I mean, Ray Crenshaw. I mean, there's so many people that are just legit. But I don't think it's because of him. Mm. I think that he just was pretty much the person that introduced this stage to them. But they put in the, all the hard work. Uh, Phil Perkins, you know, we, we are not the best of friends, but – he he's not because of who he is because of Yanez. Okay. I and you know, and, and and last I checked, Yanez even downed him. Oh, he's always just been um, a little green belt. Like you know, you, you're always trying to down somebody, dude. I, I mean, and, and here it is. You hear me talking about people that typically most of them don't get along with me or are on that level with me. I'm saying out loud, respectful things about him. He cannot do that. He lacks the the capacity to say anything positive about anybody. It's always something. <laughs> it's entertaining. Yeah, it really is. <clears throat> I don't I don't know Yana's uh, real well. I don't think I've ever met him in person, but I've interviewed him twice. I think on the podcast, and I remember making posts in the Kelly Patrick Show group, like, "Hey guys, I'm interviewing Mike Yana's this <laughs> Thursday. Who has questions?" People comment like, "Fuck him." <laughs> <laughs> stuff like that. And and he may hear this episode, so I mean, I'm not talking shit about him. I certainly don't have any problems with him. But I find it to be interesting. I'm like, wow. So this, this guy. It's, it's this wild. Guy. It's wild. I mean, you know, so so I, I consider Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu to be a different form than what it actually turned out to be to me over the years. So, of course, after that fight, his fucking guy rear neck chokes me. He puts a damn body triangle on me. I mean, he, this motherfucker, like, is obviously way taller than me. So, no shit, Sherlock. He was going to tap me. But here's the, here's the thing that stands out about Giannis. After that fight, I bowed to this motherfucker and, and said thank you. He couldn't even give the dignity and respect to say thank you for showing me that respect. Because at the end of the day, he is not no one to fucking bow to. Um, <clears throat> jiu-jitsu is definitely not like judo because which is quite awkward to me because it came from judo and it was originated from judo you're differentiating jiu-jitsu from judo are you alluding to what you learned from Earl Cheatham was respect what you, le- you, 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 you okay so what, 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 
how are you differentiating? What's the difference between jujitsu and judo, the sport? So put it this way. Um, let's start with the tournaments. Um, the tournaments you're required to bow at the mat. Okay. You're required to bow to your opponent when you come to the mat. So first there's first bow at the when you come in off the floor, you're not supposed to be coming up walking on the, the ground with your bare feet either. Sure. There's I mean, etiquette. Your, etiquette. Etiquette. You bow there. Then you come up to the square. You bow there again. And then you even bow after you're done. And and some of these guys are like extremely brutal when they slam. When they throw, they throw. And some of it is 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 intentional and made to hurt you. But still, they're going to shake your hand. So every judo, uh, uh, every judo dojo I have been in reminds me of uh, Daniel Thomas, a good karate friend of me at his dojo. Um, you know, they are they are all always very strict on respect and being professional, being kind to each other while still kicking each other's asses. Okay. But then when you go to jujitsu, it's always a fucking soap opera. It, it's it's always drama. Um first of all, you're you're paying too much damn money. Mm. Um you're stuck in the memberships. You can't get out of them. I mean, I, I'm flashbacking on, you know, my experiences. Um you know, people are casually trying to hurt you. They're not bowing to you. They're not shaking your hand. They're being friendly with you because they need something out of you. Mm. On one side, they need a partner. On the other side, the person needs a membership. You know, um, there's there's a reason for everything. People can get out there and they can say one thing and they, they can build up <clears throat> a great fan base on saying one thing. But at the end of the day, the biggest thing that we struggle with here in America is the facts versus feelings. And feelings get in the way of what's actually realistic. Wow. Yeah. The biggest you said the biggest problem we struggle with in America is facts versus feelings. Yes. Yes. This sounds this could go in a lot of different directions. Yes, it can. Um I mean, we're 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 thrived by emotion. Um, you know Who's we? Us. Uh, every one of us. Okay. I mean it, one, one, no matter what, at one point of your day, emotion is going to defeat you. Some way, somehow. You may not do it out loud. You may not do it in front of people. You may do it when the door is closed and no one's looking. It's human nature. <coughs> Allergies are going crazy. <laughs> what, what do you do for work now? Uh, work in a factory right now. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I was in law enforcement just for a few years. I gave that up pretty much. You were a police officer? I worked in... Uh, Prisons and jails. Corrections officer. Yeah. Then um, for a little bit at U of L Hospital as an armed security down there. Okay. Seen a lot of shit. <laughs> you know the guy, uh, Gunny, his name was David Schwartz. He got in trouble for punching a handcuffed guy in Louisville, and he's in prison now. Yeah. Do you hear about that? Yeah, I heard about it. I mean, that's just one of many, pretty much. Okay, but I actually trained with him in yeah. a jiu-jitsu gym and a kickboxing gym. I, I knew him pretty well. Oh, fuck, bro. There's, there's, there's even more MMA guys getting in trouble at these jobs in Lexington. I mean, they get these jobs, man, and it's like, you know, we're just a different beast. Uh we're not cut out for or just a regular civilian taking that job. We're, we're very, we're, we don't compare the same. A regular civilian goes in, some of them may not know how to defend themselves, but you take a, a, a guy that knows jiu-jitsu, knows that MMA fighting, boxing, all of that, they come in with a different mentality. They're ready to fuck some people. They're ready to fuck some people. They're not, they're not giving a fuck about none of it. That, <laughs> that doesn't, yeah, that doesn't sound like a good... Formula for 
No, it's a not. good good life for the the, well, the guy working the job. Now I I don't know. Like the guy that Gunny punched, uh-huh. I heard he had been in jail for spitting on officers, and he yeah. had talked a lot of shit to Gunny. And re- the the bottom line is, I saw the video. Gunny punched him when he was handcuffed, and he went to prison. So he was restrained. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's difficult to defend that, right? Well, there. So you know. Your prosecutor is going to come at you in different ways on that. You know, are we going to settle for this lawsuit or we're going to make an example out of you? And not only that, you are a registered fighter. I mean, you know, we, I don't know, you're, you're dangerous. You have weapons. Yeah. And he did. He at least had trained, yeah. you know, it's, and that's substantially more than your average person, right? Which, which is, which is fucking insane because it's like you're going in there working with people, some people who have, done nothing but fault their entire life. You mean the people in the jail? Yeah, I mean, like, and, and, and don't get me wrong, I mean, I, I never shit on inmates in there because, I, I you know, we, we all can be on that other side so easily. But when it comes to this, though, some of these people have done more crazy shit in their life. But they still technically can't fight. They, yeah, you cannot. That's what your point is? It. Yeah, it's crazy. The fact that they grew up fighting in yeah. their neighborhood, they were the king, they were good at yeah. but you take an average person who's trained for a few yeah. years. <laughs> Is that that was kind of the point, right? Is you know, it's, it's pretty much a prime example when you know if life isn't fair at all, it really isn't. Mm. <clears throat> okay, interesting. I mean, every ever so, the women's prison was the very first one I was in, but every and even the juvenile hall, uh, juvenile um, cor- uh, corrections in Louisville. I mean, everywhere I have ever been. Everyone read my tattoos. They knew I was a fighter, and I was very open with things sometimes when they wanted to ask questions. I never went in there doing a dick swinging contest. I never had ego. I mean, but I, I made it very clear that I was not a punk bitch. I wasn't going to just sit there and take it. Damn. I mean, very Why very did you clear. quit? Uh, it, it, People were seeing that as a challenge, and they were fucking with you? Well, I mean, yeah, that's every day. Did I okay, but I, can, I, I heard from my friend who's now in prison. So I'm, yeah. I say friend. I, um, he's in prison for punching an unarmed black guy, white guy punching an unarmed black guy yeah. all over Twitter. Big yeah. deal. Yeah. Um, but I heard that the people start saying, oh, you train, you think you're tough, and fuck you. Oh, yeah. and, you oh, know, yeah. shit like that. Oh, yeah. doesn't sound pleasant. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't want any. I tell my son not to wear, like, jujitsu shirts out. Like, yeah. like, I don't, you know, some people see that as a it challenge. You. It flags you. Well, it, it, Someone once told me, and he was a military guy, and he and he and he, and he told me straight up because I, I was at U of L Hospital. Uh, so I don't, you know, a lot about U of L Hospital. My wife does work there, but I, I don't know necessarily. So, depends. That's Kentucky's most dangerous ER. Oh, okay. I did. I did know that. It's, I did. It's know. the highest level of uh, trauma that, that they have in Kentucky. So. They they could chop you in. I that's mean, where if someone gets shot in the West End. That's where they take them. That's where all the GSWs go. Um, w- so what's GSW? Gunshot wound. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's where all the gangs most time go. So um, that's where all the gunshot wounds go. Most time they all go there. Uh, it's, Regardless of where or what what happened or what kind of insurance they have. Or well, so I don't know if it's still the same, but that that's used to what, be the hospital where you didn't have to have insurance. Okay, gotcha. But I mean, they have a very wide criteria. So you know, if you you pull up with a dead body or if you pull up with someone that got shot, your ass ain't going nowhere and your car's not going nowhere. You're you're pretty much being restrained. You're not going anywhere. The investigation begins the minute you pulled up. Okay. Then we lock the ER down and then every patient in there and every guest is pretty much in that bitch. You will not go anywhere. And if you do go anywhere, you won't come back in. Okay. It's it's wild, but I don't know if it's changed. 
but so, so I was in um, the psych unit one day, and um, it's Latino. He was a gang member, man. I, we, I mean, we all knew it, and he, and he made it clear who he was. He was sitting over at the phone, and he just got done cussing out some random white girl, and like on the phone. Uh, no, she's sitting right there. She's like, they were going at it back. And Why forth was there a other. woman in there? Oh, well, the psych unit, the emergency psych unit, has everybody in there. I see. So when we brought you into that psych unit, we did a search on you, which a lot of those guys were not great at it. So they still got they still got in there with things on them. But you're supposed to clear every single thing on them when they went in that room. That's crazy. I've been strip searched a couple times. And to do a thorough one is not pleasant no. to have it done. That's a, a motivation for me not to get arrested again. Well, <laughs> well if they have to do a strip search in that hospital, it, you, you're, you're doing something that's making it a difficult you know, thing for them to do their job, nurses and all. I mean, even the women, it's like, you know, hey, we give you the, we're giving you the fucking choice here. You know, undress, put your stuff from your pockets in there. And if they don't listen, we all have to help each other strip you down. It's, it's wild. And it's wow, so, that and doesn't it, sound pleasant. It's definitely not pleasant. Um, and you know, I had a lot of guys over here, oh, that must be great. No, fucking ain't. It's, it's horrible. <laughs> why, why would someone say it must be great? Because it's job stability? and Well, they, they, they thought it was great for the guy to do that because these are women coming in. It's oh, like, no, I see. Bro. Okay, no, like, yeah. No. yeah. It, this just ain't that type of day, man. I mean, like, in, 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 you want me to, I, I mean, I ain't gonna go too deep in, but I, I, I don't care. Some, I done seen some shit. In. I mean, I had to do a lot of things that I am not proud of. So, so women bringing stuff inside like their vagina. Guy got the whole damn um, dope bag up his ass, and then you had to be the one to find it. Well, we had to want to be the one to take it too, and then of course. Oh my god! So, so you you search him. You don't have any idea something's on him. And then someone's like, oh, looks like he's got a giant bag of heroin in his asshole. Is that the type of thing? It, 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 that's that's nothing actually. That, it, then I mean, because you still got to hold people in, uh, hold people down, and restrain them for all kinds of shit. And some of these people, man, they're um, withdrawing beds. So they're shitting all over themselves. I mean, they're, they're they're fucking flipping out, spitting. I mean, and they're pissing. I mean, there's all kind of just wild things. You're helping pe- pe- hold people down, putting needles in them. It's crazy. It was crazy. Uh, but the guy was standing over at the phone, by the way. And the, this panic guy. Yeah. The, so the big shot guy, he was like. That motherfucker wants some of you. And I'm like, I don't know why he's just sitting there at the phone just staring at me. Like, all you motherfuckers are here. I ain't said nothing. You had a feeling he he wanted a piece. I didn't need a feeling. He was only looking dead at me. (laughs) (laughs) Was he physically large? No, but that wouldn't matter, man. It doesn't matter. In his mind, he's like a a gangbanger. He's like... (laughs) To fight a Latino, man, is is to go through war, man. They can fight. There's something in their blood that's just... They're savages. But he, he he pulled me aside out eventually outside the room and he's like, Man, you just have that that body and that face that people know that they're gonna get a good fight out of you. And and people have told me this for years and I'm not trying to do nothing special. So the the, the, the Hispanic guy, the gangbanger, yeah. told you that. No, my, my boss told me that. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, if you got so you say you have some tattoos related to MMA. I mean, I got a lot of tattoos related to a lot of things. Okay, but 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 word travels fast. One person finds out you're an MMA fighter, and then everybody. Tra- uh, uh, I mean, the prison within the prison or within jail or psych yeah. unit or anything. I would think that that has some credibility. I saw a first forty-eight, I think, in Louisville, uh-huh. and some guy who I had commentated his fight for Hard Rock. There, he's bragging in prison that he. 
I forget his name. He fought. People were like, oh, shit, you fought MMA? And they were watching it. You could hear my voice on First 48 <laughs> through the video. And, it, and then I think he got his ass kicked after that. Yeah, well, so logically, guys like that end up getting put into um, um, PCV, protective custody, or PCT, uh, protective custody threat. Why? Who, who, guys like what? So the protective custody threat would be the guys like the gang members, uh, f- uh, former cops. I mean, they're the guys that is a threat to the general population. Okay. And, you know, the victims, it, unfortunately, it's sex members. But so, you know, I mean, there's, there's different classifications inside these places. It's definitely not what is uh, politically correct to a lot of people. So a lot of the things that you hear happen in there – that's a hit or miss because different places in different states operate differently. But if someone goes in and they're arrested like a war machine, or, you know, or some, someone who had a, a career as an MMA fighter. Somebody like war machine would have to be on PC. And if he makes it to GP, they're, they're, they're pretty much. Because he was so violent. Major. I mean, it's, it's too much to handle. Okay, so uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Not him. Let's take some clean cut guy with no domestic violence, nothing. But he fought MMA. Is he treated different than an average person going? If in? he's going in there and he's keeping, which which I would suggest you to do it. If he's going in there and he's not telling anybody who he is, he's safe. He's going to be okay. But you go in there and you and start bragging. Because when you start to brag, it's almost like you're damn near instigating. Yeah. You know, you're try you're you're trying to see who's going to do something. Sure. You, it's like you want to. Ha- you get bored easily in that place. So people are. Uh, in this this concept, man, where you know, well, shit, you know, I, I respect the hell out of you. I hate your badge. I respect the hell out of you. But today, I'm sorry, man. I'm just not feeling it today. I'm gonna fucking, I'm gonna fucking kill this motherfucker over here, and you're gonna have to sit here and deal with it today. I, I'm sorry, man. You, you shouldn't have worked this shift. It, it's like that. You shouldn't work this shift. Was there any incentive to have stayed there, or do you regret leaving that career? <laughs> There's no incentives there. It's, it's <laughs> is it much, good pay? The pay is decent. There's never enough money for something like that. And then you got to deal also with the politics, with the other officers, your other uh, commanders. I mean, it's, it's just nonsense after nonsense. So now you are the inmate. Because now every day you're either being bitched at. You're either being harassed. You're either It's like back and forth fucking pool playing. Like who gets a chance and who gets an opportunity at you today? Damn. Okay. Interesting. You know, what's more interesting is, and, and I hate to, you know, say this personally. So, like I said earlier, a lot of places are different. So, you know, it's it's a very, uh, it's a very complex system. So, you know, I'm not going to say exactly where this was, but it was a big jail facility that, uh, one of their um, dorms housed only sex offenders. So one day I'm walking by on a mail run, I believe it was, and I'm walking past, uh, I think, I can't remember what uh, what dorm that was. But a guy was like, he he didn't have to, but I have this, this type of, uh, I guess you could say, communication and respect with people. So he walked up to me like, hey, Smith, there's a lawsuit right there. And I was like, what are you talking about? And I look over, here's the fucking sex offenders room, wide open, next to the maximum guys. 
that could easily go in there and just rain fucking hell. And hell yeah, that's a lawsuit. So you're protected in there. Should be. Should be. Who, who had left the door open? I, you, who knows? Who knows? You could watch video and determine. You, you, may, you may be able to. So you went and shut the door. No, I ain't going to shut the door. Why? I'm going to get the person that's working in that room to shut the door because if you put your hand on that door. You're somewhat liable. You're li- no, you're not somewhat. You, you are liable. Okay, okay. <laughs> man, that sounds stressful. It's, con- it's a different concept, man. It's very complex. It sounds stressful. Very stressful. You don't want to be the one who fucks up and then there's yeah. a riot and yeah. multiple people get killed and you were involved or, or you get emotionally <laughs> attached to some guy who thinks he's tough and then he spits in your face and then, and then you don't want to look like a bitch. Because you have to react, yeah. right? Right? Like, like, like I can't imagine. That doesn't sound. I, school teacher, in a way, like being a public school teacher and uh-huh. having some kid talk shit to me. Yeah. That wouldn't be pleasant either. You, yeah. You know, obviously, I don't want to beat a kid up, but I'm just saying, like, I don't want to be in that situation. What if they hit me? What if they spit on me? You know, I, I don't know. I, that doesn't sound pleasant, any of that. You know, you rank these places, man. Um, L Hospital is the number one worst when I was at. Uh, uh, Youth Corrections was the second worst. Everybody else is easily after. But the kids were the worst. I mean, um, some of these kids are not, they're already men. I mean, this, this, the, the one, the very first one I had issues with was this fucking 14 year old. I mean, it's, it's, it was just always nonsense. And then the people that they hire to these jobs, man, some of them are just not clearly qualified. And when you have, so when you have a lot of these places that hire the police and they hire the correction officers, you know, so there's there's a uh, there's stages to it that you go through to be hired in. You have to pass psychological tests. You have to pass polygraphs. You have to pass all of these things. And yet, still, so many people fuck up. Still kill people on accident or yeah. on purpose. You, you, you can't catch everybody with everything. It's horrible. Man, that doesn't sound... It's horrible. Is the factory work less stressful? Uh, not necessarily, because then, you know, you're, you're... So, this place I'm at right now, is just, the, the, mon- the money is just dog shit. I'm always looking for a, a better opportunity. Um, you know, there's a lot of different things going on right now. So, uh, there's always something going on. But, you know, because I, 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 I was a trainer uh, every now and then, too, over the years... I've always done something to give back. I'm mean, a coach, a referee. There's all kind of stuff that I do. So currently, you're coaching? No, I'm not coaching anymore. Oh, okay. I, I referee though for wrestling all ages. But um, you do currently, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where? All over Kentucky. Uh, so wherever they assign me to, I, I'll likely be there. Okay, that's interesting. So yeah. you still got your finger on the pulse of yeah. of wrestling in Kentucky, pretty good. Yeah. Any any idea who the best wrestler to come out of Kentucky in recent years? If you had to mention a name. Would be uh, well, so uh, that's that, that's a whole. Let's politi- say high school. Politi- any it's superstar. a whole political debate on that one. Answering that question would piss some people off. It would because there there's just so many biased people out there, um, and, and unfortunately, Kentucky wrestling is still a, a bit behind times. Sure, it's not very diverse. Uh, you know, what do you mean by it's not diverse? Uh, it, it it would almost seem like it does not. Uh, does not build the black people as much. Wow, as it that's does. an interesting topic. But it, do yeah, other states tap into the black population absolutely. real well? Absolutely. But so, so the catch with that is though, what I've what I've put my finger on is, first of all, Kentucky's not a wrestling state. Yeah. So it it 
that time com- of the year they care about college basketball. Well, here. you know, and commonly the ones that are uh, like the ones that are like football states and basketball states, that's where all the, the, the black diversity is. Sure. Wrestling just not there in Kentucky. But in a way that, you know, it, wrestling does exist in Kentucky. Yeah. It's not Indiana or Ohio or no. anything like that or no. Iowa. It's not. But it does exist. Yeah. There's opportunity in some Absolutely. ways. Maybe that's a good opportunity for some people to, you know. I mean, I can imagine yeah. convincing someone to start wrestling their freshman year of high school <laughs> in Kentucky. You can be like, hey, you can start your freshman year and by yeah. your senior be a, stu- a superstar, possibly. Yeah. In other states, in Iowa, probably not as likely. Yeah, it, it's definitely Because those different. people have been on traveling teams since yeah. they were real little. Definitely. Definitely very different. And then, you, like Iowa, there's few teams like that in Kentucky. You know, uh, Union County is one big example. I mean, it's very family-based. You know, they just have generations there. It, it, they, they just pretty much have it figured out to a team. Um, Union County, right? Yeah. Now, I think Union, is that Morgan Field? Now, Brad Brad Cummings, who is the head coach at TAG MMA in Morgan Field, that's where Nathan Manis trains. Mm-hmm. I think he's involved with Union <laughs> County Wrestling, I think. Yeah. I, I can't I can't uh, figure out who, who's running the show over there now. I know the Irvins are always been the ones, usually. Okay. <clears throat> So Union County is the yeah, the gold standard in Kentucky. So like over the years, it's it's been back and forth. Trinity, Saint X, not as much. Fern Creek, a little bit. Trinity, not Saint X, not as much. Trinity's above Saint X. Well, last year they was. I mean, it's 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 been a hit and miss over the years. Uh, it's they, sometimes one stands out a little bit longer than the other, but you know, there's a guy named Lane Kaiser. I think he's gonna be a I don't even know senior or junior. But I've trained with him jujitsu since he was real little, and now yeah. he's at Trinity doing, doing uh, uh, pretty well. Kind of cool to see. So Trinity Saint X Fern Creek you mentioned, yeah, um, Union County. Okay, interesting. I didn't expect this interview to go into so many different directions. You seem like a pretty good resource <laughs> for combat sports in Kentucky. Have you ever refed MMA? Uh, not yet. Not yet. Do you want to? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I can do that. I can do the judging, all of that stuff. Okay. Um, you seem like you'd be a good good uh, candidate, maybe for refing. I would think, yeah. right? Haven't I know having someone in the ring who wrestles or jujitsu black belt? I mean, that's pretty pretty valuable. Yeah. I'd say. I remember Mooney. Did you see that? It was a Lexington guy. Rob Mooney was refing three or four years ago. I trained a little bit with that guy. Who that? Who that guy did? Did you see it? Well, Bro, he, he tell used me his to do name. Stuff like that in the gym. Too. Tell, tell me his name. I forgot his name. D- damn I've it! Been, I've been purposely trying to forget who he is because he's just a knucklehead. I need to, for the sake <laughs> of telling the story, though. I need to, um, I need to remember who it was. I'm, tr- I'm trying to think. I'm trying to remember who it, what his name was. Here, actually, one moment. Okay, so there's a guy. I don't have the information in front of us, but everybody remembers Rob Mooney was refing an event. In Montez, what was his name? Jordan, maybe Jordan Montez or something like that. But he had trained previously at Four Seasons MMA. Yeah, he got a fight, and after the bell rang, Mooney was paying attention, 
and he's a wrestler. He wrestled in high school and wrestled in college. So Mooney, and he's now a jiu-jitsu black belt. So, you know, he's at least yeah. grappler compared to someone who probably hasn't trained a yeah. whole lot. Not an issue at that point, right? <laughs> yeah. When when warranted to to hop in and say, hey, you're attacking after the bell. Get the fuck off of him and just throw him yeah. real quick. So I think that's the reason I was thinking that if you wanted to ref, I would think maybe it would be, you know. Yeah, because they, they – they, do sucker punches like it in wrestling too when you try to when you walk away or turn your back. They'll do the same in wrestling. Do you ever have something like that happen? Last year somebody did it right in front of me. He had but the You were reffing? Yeah. He cut his eye all open and then he's grabbed me. I did this. I'm like, get the fuck off me. He wait, wait, wait. <laughs> he grabbed you and what? He was trying to show me what he was doing. He was like a heavyweight high school guy. So he was like easily six foot two, like, don't touch me. Get off of me. <laughs> he's the guy who had just hit someone. Yeah. <laughs> Did he get suspended afterward, or you don't know? I had to write him up, so he's definitely he definitely got suspended. So when you when you eject somebody, you have to write it up on catch. Say it's a big ordeal. School gets hit. That person gets uh, benched for a little bit. <laughs> it's all kind of shit. Okay. Well, well, Rob, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Um, I feel like we've touched a little bit. There's so many different directions we could take things, but uh, we've touched a little bit on a lot of different topics, which are all very good stuff. Before we wrap up the episode, do you have any, I don't know, anything you'd like to mention? I don't know if there's something you're promoting, something you're trying to do. Sounds like maybe you'd be opening, open to refing MMA uh, or refing, you know, boxing or anything like that. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really have anything right now. You give me a little bit. We'll, we'll have more to come. And, and that's okay. I think you're a good resource being that you were involved in the scene, you know, relatively a long time ago. Yeah. I didn't even, I really didn't even know what MMA was, I don't think, <laughs> in two th- until 2013. So I'm still new to this. Um, and I, I really appreciate your time today. Thank you very much. Thank you. I also want to thank everyone for tuning in. Of course, we'll have another episode out soon of the Kelly Patrick Show. Thank you. Thank you.